It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 95 of the old radio comedy podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. A Date with Judy is our featured show today, which started out as a summer replacement for the Bob Hope Show in 1941. It got picked up as a regular series on NBC, with Pepsodent as the sponsor, and featured 14-year-old Ann Gillis as Judy Foster. Deli Ellis took on the starring role the next season, and then Louise Erickson portrayed Judy for the remaining seven years of the show's run. The show was so popular with America's youth that CBS came up with its own rival show, Meet Corliss Archer. A Date with Judy became a TV series, which ran from 1951 to 1953. So sit back and relax for the June 27th, 1944 broadcast of A Date with Judy. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Night and day, at home or away, always carry Tums, T-U-M-S. Tums, famous quick relief for acid indigestion, presents A Date with Judy. Have a date tonight. Oh, I'm just terribly sorry, but I do have one with Jojo Duran. Oh, well, that's swell. Swell? Yeah. Ask Jojo if he's got a friend for my sister Genevieve. Oh, jeepers. That's Judy, folks. Judy Foster, the cutest date in town. Your date with her each Tuesday at this same time is arranged by the makers of Tums, famous quick relief for acid indigestion. Well, let's see what's going on at the Foster house. Judy's parents and her 12-year-old brother, Randolph, are having breakfast when the scene opens. Ah, that was a good cup of coffee, Dora. Thanks, dear. Well, I better get down to the office. Say, by the way, when's Judy going to get up today? Oh, she's up. No kidding. Yeah, she's having a date in the living room. A date? At 8 o'clock in the morning? It's only Oogie Pringle, dear. Oogie again? That boy ought to be paying me rent. He's here all the time. He and his high school hotlicks. Well, we're lucky this morning. He's here without his orchestra. I don't understand it. I thought Judy didn't like him very much. Oh, she's changed her attitude completely. Ever since he wrote that song about her. All she does is wave her eyelashes at him and sigh, Oogie, please sing that beautiful, beautiful song to me again. Well, I'm getting darn tired of hearing that song. Why, she even calls him up and he sings it to her over the telephone. I, I don't understand that girl. Do you understand her, Dora? I think so, Melvin. Amazing woman. Well, i got to get to work. <sighs> Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Melvin. Unfortunately, I have to pass through the living room on the way out. And all I can say is, if I hear that song again, I'm going to hit the scene. Love of heaven. Oh, quiet, Father. Oogie's going to sing. That's what I was afraid of. Shh, don't move, Father. Go ahead, Oogie. 
I'm not a wolf. I'm never flipped. I do not flirt. I'm not the least she-she. I'm not a wolf. I'm just a drift, a little squirt. <laughs> But there's a beast in me. I've got a date with Judy, a big date with Judy. Oh, jeepers and gee. <clears throat> I've got a date with Judy, and Judy's got one with me. My heart is shooting rockets. There's dough in my pockets. I is a kite. I've got a date with Judy, and Judy's booked for tonight. <clears throat> my manly lord, my wild amour, I'm holding in reserve. I cannot wait to ask you late, but will I have the nerve? I've got a date with Judy. I've snagged one with Judy. Oh, jeepers and gee. I've got a date with Judy, and Judy's got one with me. <clears throat> oh, that was wonderful. Wasn't it wonderful, Father? Now that I've taken my beating for today, is it all right if I go to the office? If you'd wait a minute, Father, and give Oogie time to get his breath, he'd sing it for you again. Hey, tell him to hold his breath a good two minutes until I have time to get out of here. Father! Goodbye, everybody! You know, Oogie, there are times when I think Father doesn't appreciate good music. Yeah. Judy, do you mind if I ask you a big favor? A favor? Oogie, I am not going to get a date for your sister Genevieve. Oh, it isn't that. I've stopped working on Genevieve. I've just decided to let her get her own date. Too bad Genevieve isn't more my type. Hello, Randall. Hi. This important favor has nothing to do with Genevieve at all. It's about the mascot of the baseball team. Not Baby, the little pig that served you so faithfully and long. Yes. What, what happened to her, Oogie? We ate her. You, you <laughs> ate the mascot of the Northeast High School team? Well, you see, it happened like this. Last week was the annual banquet of the baseball team, and I was in charge of provisions. Well, we were going to have steaks for dinner, and at the last minute, something terrible happened. What? Well, the butcher didn't have any. Aren't you ashamed of yourself, Oogie Pringle? How do you think the team felt sitting down to a banquet and eating its own mascot? Oh, she tasted swell. Nicely roasted with an apple in her mouth. Only trouble was there wasn't enough of her. And as chairman of the banquet provisions, I felt I ought to be the last one served. Yeah? So what was left when it came around to you? Just the tail? No. Just the apple. <laughs> Who got the tail? The water boy. Oogie Pringle, I thought you were water boy on the baseball team. Oh, no, I'm just the substitute for the water boy. But I actually played a pretty important part in the success of the team this year. You did, Oogie? Oh, yes. I got off the bench for two games. Well, what happened to the regular water boy? Oh, he was benched. He did something terrible. What? He got taken out of two games for spilling. <laughs> Spilling. Oh, yes. He got so excited, he spilled two buckets of water. But what I wanted to talk to you about, Judy, is that, as you know, in addition to my duties as water boy, I'm superintendent of the mascot. Some superintendent. Letting the team eat her. Oh, it was an emergency. Well, anyhow, the thing is, we've got to get a new mascot. Well, if you're coming around asking me to get you another pig... Oh, no. We've decided to do away with pigs as mascots. Yeah, you certainly attended to that at the banquet. We've decided to get a nice, substantial dog for our mascot after this. Menu at next year's banquet, Frankfurters. <laughs> well, 
What do you want me to do, Oogie? Well, on account of me being very busy, having so many jobs, you know, assistant to the travel manager of the baseball team, assistant to the transportation editor of the high school paper. The transportation editor of the high school paper? Yes. What are his duties? Oh, he transports the copy from the high school down to the printer. Well, you certainly are a busy man, Oogie. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you if you do the team a favor by going down to the dog pound and picking out a dog to be our mascot. Why, Oogie, I'd love to. Oh, okay, that's well. Oh, there's one other little thing. Yes? Well, on account of my mother not liking dogs, would you mind keeping them at your house? If your stomach holds a grudge against you, if it disagrees with something you've eaten, objects when you've smoked too much, resents your eating too fast, in other words, if you have spells of acid indigestion, then get wise to Tums. For Tums bring amazingly fast relief to an upset acid stomach. At the first sign of trouble, like heartburn, just slip Tums in your mouth, as you would candy mints. Almost instantly, Tums neutralize the excess stomach acid and restore peace and calm to your fussy stomach. You can take Tums anywhere, anytime, unnoticed. Tums are guaranteed to contain no soda. So there's nothing to mix or stir. You don't even need water. What convenience. That's why millions, night and day, at home or away, always carry Tums. Ten cents a roll at all drugstores. Insist on Tums for the tummy. T-U-M-S. And now, back to A Date with Judy. Well, Judy and Randolph are at the dog pound, picking out a new mascot for the baseball team. Randolph, look at this dog with all her puppies. Aren't they adorable? Wow, she's sure got a lot of puppies. Do you suppose they're all hers? No, Judy, she's probably just bringing them in for a friend. <laughs> I do wish I knew what breed of dog to get for the team. You ought to get a water spaniel. Then in case anything happened to Oogie, he could substitute for the substitute for the water boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Golly, I still don't know what breed to get. Well, why don't you take that dog over there? He's a blend of all the breeds, and then your problem would be solved. Oh, gee, he's cute, isn't he? Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, Randolph, I don't think he's a mongrel. You don't? No. I know exactly what he is. What? He's a semi-St. Bernard. He's awful semi he does look a little run down, Randolph. You know, if we took him, we could feed him a lot and build him up. What to, a mountain? <laughs> well, he is kind of big. Big? You know what my theory is? No. Well, I don't think he's a dog at all. I think he's a pony. Oh, don't be a fool. <laughs> oh! In the dog pound, isn't he? That proves he's a dog. Well, put a saddle on him and you could run him in the derby. Oh, you certainly are exaggerating, Randolph. I bet that dog doesn't weigh more than 150 pounds. Tiny, they call him. Hey, that'd be a swell name for him, Tiny. I wonder if the team would let me name him. Well, they're letting you support him, aren't they? I guess they could let you name him, too. Okay. I adore him. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to take him. He's ours. Shall I tell the man to wrap him up? Judy, maybe Mother and Father won't like having a 150-pound dog as permanent guest. Oh, Randolph, they'll adore having him. Yeah, I can see them adoring it. Well, maybe we had better break the news to them gently. Yes, I suggest tack it. Well, why don't you just take Oogie up to the guest room while I break the news to Mother? 
Then I'll let you know when it's all right for you to bring him down and introduce him to us. Okay. Come on, Tiny. You're going to have the guest room. Nothing is too good for a friend of the baseball teams. Oh! Of course, dear. Oh, that's just wonderful. Wouldn't it, um, wouldn't it be a wonderful idea if we got a dog? It would be a terrible idea. Now, I've got to call your father. But, and... Mother, I think it'd be terribly sweet if we had a dog. We have lots of room for one, the garage and the guest room and everything. Judy, I like dogs in their place, but in my house, no. Mother, that's just class distinction. All right, then it is. Now, I've got to call your father, and I don't want to hear any more about dogs. Mother, dog is man's best friend. I have a nice friend. Hello, Melvin. This is Dora. Oh, Caterpillar. Melvin, you've got to do something for me. Your sister Eva just called up, and she wants to come over for dinner. There's nothing like a dog for companionship and faithfulness. Well, the thing is, dear, I've got to go to a Red Cross meeting, and I can't get home till 6 o'clock. Dogs are very lovable. But Melvin, I couldn't tell Eva not to come. You know how sensitive she is. Well, if I told her not to come, she'd have been terribly hurt and there'd be a big family squabble. Well, she says I keep you from your family as it is. Even if you don't have anything to give him to eat, a dog will starve, but he'll never forsake his master. Well, Melvin, she's coming. Now, this is what you have to do, dear. You have to come home from the office early. Wouldn't you even like a wee little dog? Oh, five o'clock will be time enough, Melvin. I have everything ready for dinner, and all you have to do is cook it. I give up. Mother, would you excuse me if I went upstairs? All right, dear. So long. No, Melvin, I can't trust Judy to do the cooking. Remember what happened the last time she cooked dinner. And with Eva coming, I can't take chances. Now, now, Melvin, listen. There's a pound of ground meat in the icebox. All you have to do is make a meatloaf out of it. A meatloaf, dear. Well, it's the simplest thing in the world. Well, I've left the cookbook open to meatloaf, and all you have to do is follow the directions. Well, you can read, can't you? <laughs> Will Mother let you keep the dog, Judy? Oh, Randolph, she wouldn't even listen. She ignored me and went out. You know, Judy, I think Tiny's hungry. Well, let's give him something to eat. Okay, but what? Dog meat, of course. Do we have any? No, but I could run down to the store and get some. Mrs. Schlutzhammer always buys her dog meat at the corner butcher's. I'll just charge it to the baseball team. Well, I doubt if the butcher will respect the baseball team's credit. Uh, Randolph, could you advance the team a little financing out of your allowance? A very little financing. Just enough for a pound of meat. You better get him two pounds, or even three. He looks awfully hungry. Well, after all, Randolph, there's an awful lot of him to get hungry. Hello, Foster. Well, if it isn't Henry Dickens, how are you? Oh, just dandy. I thought I'd run up to your office a few minutes and say, hello, uh, are you busy, Melvin? No, no, I'm through for the day. Oh, well, then, how about a little gin rummy? Well, I'd like to, but no, no, Henry, i got to run along home. My wife's out, and believe it or not, i got to cook the dinner. Oh, <laughs> women, 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 uh -huh. always on the go. Yeah. Don't realize a woman's place is in the home. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's in Toledo. She is? Yes, women, women. I can't do with them and can't do without them. Yes, that is. However, I don't know what to do with myself while the wife's gone. You know, I kind of miss the old... I tell you what, Dickens. Now, why don't you come along and have dinner with us? 
That is, if you can stand my cooking. <laughs> I could stand anything, as long as I've got somebody to eat with. I hate eating alone. Melvin, I accept. Good. Say you can help me cook. Well, you've asked the right man. I never cooked in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a team we'll make. Neither have I. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. We'll find plenty in the icebox. I don't like to break this to you, but uh, Tiny's already had his dinner. He has? Yeah, he was terribly hungry. I couldn't stand to look at him with those great big eyes of his, so I just took him in the kitchen and fed him. What'd you give him? Well, there was a great big bunch of ground meat, so I gave it to him, and boy, you should have seen him gobble it up. All of it? Every bit. Well, what'll I do with this meat I bought? We'll save it, and we'll feed it to him tomorrow. Okay. The butcher said it was the best grade of dog food there is. Well, What's in it? Oh, fish ground up with a lot of other stuff. He says this is what everybody feeds dogs. I got three pounds of it. Boy, does that team owe me money. Well, if you ever get it back, I'll eat that dog food. Oh, of course I will. Randolph, do you want to come with me to take Tiny for a walk? Okay, but you better do something with this dog food first. All right. I'll go down to the kitchen and put it in the icebox. <laughs> Father, if you only knew what you're going to find in that icebox, we'll be there with you in a moment. But first, I want to tell our listeners something. Acid indigestion plays no favorites. It may skip a guy who barely weighs 130 pounds and mark for its victim a brawny six-footer. But lucky for you, Tums play no favorites either. Tums bring amazingly fast relief to acid indigestion sufferers, be they men or women, young or old, rich or poor. So when heartburn or other signs of upset acid stomach hit you, slip Tums in your mouth, as you would candy mints. Nothing to mix or stir, you don't even need water. Almost instantly, your sour acid stomach is sweet and peaceful again. Most important to you, Tums are different from many other antiacids. For Tums contain no soda or other water-soluble alkalis. Therefore, they never over-alkalize your stomach and let you in for an acid rebound or relapse. Join the Good to Your Stomach Club with millions of other smart Americans who, night and day, at home or away, always carry Tums. Ten cents a roll, three roll package for a quarter at all drugstores. Get Tums for the tummy. T-U-M-S. And now back to A Date with Judy. Well, well Father is going to cook dinner tonight. However, what he doesn't know is that the ground meat he was supposed to use for the meatloaf has already been eaten by Judy's new dog. And now what's in the icebox is three pounds of dog food which Judy bought. Things look complicated as father's sensitive sister, Aunt Eva, is coming for dinner. Well, here it is, the old homestead. Well, nice place you have here, Foster. That's all right. Judy! Randolph! I guess they're out. Well, it looks like we're here alone. Well, just give me an apron and see what we can whip up in the kitchen. Okay. I'm supposed to make meatloaf. Dora says there's some ground meat in the ice. Hey, nice kitchen you have here, Foster. Yeah, Dora likes it. Oh, here's an apron. Now, let's get at that meat. Yep, right here in the icebox. <laughs> hey, looks like a lot of meat, Foster. Well, we'll make a nice big meatloaf. Doris said there was a cookbook around here somewhere. Yeah, is this it here? Oh, yes, yes, right here. Open the meatloaf, too. 
I see. Run meat and fat through chopper. What's a chopper? Oh, you won't need a chopper. Huh? No, the meat's already ground. It looks huh. like nice meat, too, Foster. Oh, that's good. <laughs> now it says, beat an egg well, add meat, nuts, seasoning, tomato, and bread soaked in water and squeezed dry. Uh-huh. wonder if we have all those things. Well, here's some bread, anyhow. Okay, let's soak it. All right. That's right, now. Soak it good. Yeah. There. Now, what does it say? Oh, squeeze it dry. I squeeze it some more. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to get it dry, just squeezing it. No, well, let me squeeze it. Oh, yeah. No, no, we'll never get it dry like that. We have to think of some faster way to dry it. Yeah. Well, maybe it would help if we fanned it. <laughs> no, that's too slow. You know, my wife has a hairdryer upstairs someplace. <laughs> Yeah, but then you'd have to run upstairs. Yeah. I tell you what, Foster. Why don't we just turn on the electric fan and let it dry? Well, that's a swell idea. There. All right, that's that. Now what? Now, where's the book? Oh, here. Mix thoroughly, Mm -hmm. form into loaf, place in hot oven, and baste often. Baste? Yeah. Oh, that's a technical term. Oh, yeah. Something to do with a needle and a thread. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. I've often seen my wife sewing up a chicken. Of course. <laughs> well, now, look, Dora's got a needle and thread right here on this pincushion. Guess she put it out for me. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, see, is that the bread dry yet, Melvin? Mm, still very damp. Mm. Mm. You know, I wonder why they tell you to wet it if you have to dry it again right away. <laughs> well, it's something chemical. Oh. See, these cookbooks are all worked out chemically. Uh-huh. Wetting and then drying probably has some desired effect on the bread. I see, yeah. Uh, makes the meatloaf rise or something. That's it, yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to eat a meatloaf that didn't rise, would you? Well, not me. Exactly. No. <laughs> well, uh, you get the things mixed, and uh, meanwhile, uh, I'll thread the needle so we can baste. Okay. I see. Egg. Oh, here's an egg. Seasoning. Now, what seasoning should I use? There's paprika here, mm-hmm. and curry powder, mustard. Oh, put mustard in it. Huh? That's very clever. Oh. Putting mustard right in the meatloaf so you don't have to put it on at the table. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Say, these modern cookbooks have all the new angles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I'll put in a little of all these seasonings. You can't go wrong that way. <laughs> Good idea. <clears throat> Say, uh, Foster. Huh? I'm having a heck of a time threading this needle. Well, stick out your tongue. Oh. That always helps. Your Dora always sticks out her tongue when she threads a needle. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole lot better, isn't it? Hey, I did it! Eureka! Melvin? Oh, come on in the kitchen, Dora. Meet Mr. Dickens, Dora. Mr. Dickens, my wife. How do you do? I'm glad to meet you, Mrs. Foster. Brought him home to dinner. Oh, I'm so glad you did. And how's the dinner coming? How's the dinner coming? It's all done. Goodness gracious, that's the biggest meatloaf I ever saw in my life. <laughs> it's good, too. <laughs> yes, it smells good, but 
I don't see how you made so much out of one measly little pound of ground meat. Oh, that's a trade secret, Mrs. Foster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we chefs never talk. No, you don't need to worry about a thing. Just sit yourself down at the table tonight like a lady, and the chef and his assistant chef will wait on you. (laughs) Oh, that would be nice for a change. Only we can't do that in front of Eva. Well, why not? Well, you know how sensitive she is. She wouldn't be able to eat a bite if she knew you cooked the dinner. Oh. No, we'll have to pretend that I cooked it. Oh, that's too bad. I would have liked to have taken the credit. I'll know you cooked it, dear. Oh, where are the children? I heard them come in a little while ago. Uh Uh-oh. Look out the window. Here comes Eva. Oh, so she does. Now, remember, boys, not a word about you doing the cooking. <laughs> remember, I cooked it. You know how finicky Eva is. Yeah, I guess it would give her indigestion if she knew we cooked it, huh, Dickens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to get credit for a mighty good little dinner, Mrs. Foster, if I say so myself. Well, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Dora, do you always sew up a meatloaf like this? Well, for good... Oh, uh, oh, yes, Eva, I always sew a meatloaf. Uh, uh, kind of, well, uh, it holds the thing together better, you know. <laughs> Dora's the best little sewer in town. She is? Well, of course. You see, she takes a needle. Father, and... do you like dogs? I'm crazy about them. See, and... I knew it. <coughs> What's the matter, Randolph? Nothing. I just swallowed a piece of thread, that's all. <laughs> All right now, Randolph? Yeah. Oh, that's very fine, that mustard you've got in the meatloaf, Mrs. Foster. <laughs> mustard? Oh, oh, yes, I... Well, I always put a little mustard in my meatloaf. <laughs> you do? My, I must try it sometime. <laughs> it's delicious, Dora. This is certainly a delicious meatloaf. Oh, thank you, Eva. Ah, I can see that you dried your bread well, Mrs. Foster. <laughs> <laughs> dried my bread? Uh, oh, the secret of a meatloaf, I always say. Well, isn't that interesting? Have another piece, Eva. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Uh, Wouldn't it be nice if we had a dog around here? It'd make everything so cozy. Yeah, a dog always makes a house a home, I always say. Well, I've got to say one thing, Dora. You always have enough to eat on your table. This is the biggest meatloaf I ever saw in my life. (laughs) Yes, isn't it? Uh, Did you say this was a meatloaf? Well, of course, Randolph. What did you think it was? I wasn't sure. Say, Judy, has it occurred to you... It has, but be quiet, Randall. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I care for any more meatloaf, Mother. Why not? Well, I'm, 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 I'm just not very hungry this evening, that's all. Never saw anything like your children, Dora. Spoiled to pieces. A lot of children would be very happy to have a nice piece of meatloaf like that, Randall. You eat every bite of that, Randall. Do I have to? Yes, you have to. Well, I'll, I'll try, but... Oh, what's that? Oh, it's somebody knocking on the window pane. Oh, it's Oogie. I'll what? open the window and see what he wants. If he sings through that window, I'll... I'll... Hello, everybody. Young man, do you have to scare the wits out of us knocking on windows? Haven't you got sense enough to knock on a door? Well, I knew you were eating. I didn't want to bother anybody. Oh, you haven't bothered us at all. I just want to tell you something, Judy. Yes, Oogie? I've been talking it over with the team, and we're willing to pay for the three pounds of dog meat you bought. D- dog meat? Then... This meatloaf. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, don't tell me. You did let me use dog food in my good meatloaf, oh. didn't you? I didn't know 
were you the one going to use it for meatloaf? I was just... Loveliest meatloaf I ever made, too. Well, that's just what I wanted to tell you. So long. And now, now wait a minute. Don't don't go yet, Oogie. Come on in the house. There's something I want to give you, Oogie. <laughs> there is, Mr. Foster. Oogie, how would you like a nice big meatloaf sandwich? Oh, Mr. Foster, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> We'll be back with the Fosters in a minute. Well, there have been many times when you've been invited to eat to your heart's content, only to find it to your stomach's discontent. Yes, acid indigestion usually follows overeating or eating too fast, as surely as night follows day. So lovers of good food everywhere, night and day, at home or away, always carry Tums. Then, when acid indigestion first announces itself, just slip a tum or two into your mouth unobserved. Almost instantly, tums banish the heartburn and that awful, I ate too much too fast feeling. You feel lighter and brighter. This very night, get a 10 cent roll of tums at your drugstore. But be sure you get tums for the tummy. T U M S. There are many imitations of tums, but no substitute for them. <laughs> Now, let's return to the Foster's living room for a moment. Hey, everybody, I've got news. Will I be able to stand it? The butcher just phoned. He found out he got the orders mixed up. Huh? He gave Judy Mr. Schlutzhammer's ground round steak, and Mr. Schlutzhammer just called him up simply furious because he'd given her Judy's dog food. Oh. Now, you see, Melvin, all that worry for nothing. I wasn't a bit worried. I knew it all the time. <laughs> Well, folks, shall we go in now and finish our dinner? Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. Yes, sir, and I'm going to have another piece of my meatloaf. <laughs> oh, good gracious! Melvin! What in the name of heaven is that horse doing on our table? <laughs> that's no horse, Father. That's Tiny. Tiny? Our dog. Oh, Melvin, he's eaten up every bite on the table. Well, there goes my sandwich. Oh, oh! A Date with Judy is written by Aline Leslie and stars Louise Erickson and Dix Davis. The program was produced and directed by Helen Mack. Music was composed and played by Charles Cornell. This is Doug Gourley inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday at the same time to keep your date with Judy. And remember, night and day, at home or away, always carry Tum. T-U-M-S. I know an American soldier fighting with the 5th Army in Italy. He has a lovely daughter, 17 months old, but he's never seen her. Think, he's never seen his own child. And a lot of other G.I. Joes have never seen their kids either. Won't you help this American soldier and his millions of buddies to get home sooner to see their children and families? Now, in the 5th War Loan Drive, buy more extra war bonds than you ever bought before. Vital it hurts, so that fewer and fewer of our soldiers will get hurt. Buy bonds now. Back the attack. Buy more than ever before. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
That was the episode Meatloaf from A Date with Judy. I hope everyone is enjoying their October and drinking lots of pumpkin beer and pumpkin spice coffee. And if you're not, there's something seriously wrong with you. Tune in next time for another classic comedy radio show. And remember to tune in on our Friday, October 30th episode for our Halloween special featuring three back-to-back Halloween-themed comedy shows. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Ha, 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 ha,